All right, so I'm here on Off Topic with uh, Aaron Thompson. He is the joy pusher. That's how you're known. And uh, he is a writer of blog. He does podcasts. He's a founder of a handful of different things. Um, but most recently, the Song Saga game. We'll get into that. Um, marketer, you're a public speaker. How? So you do all these things. What kind of got you, like, where was the start of this kind of whole enterprise is kind of like the wrong word for it but you know it's a big like you have a lot that you do and uh and it's really it's a it's really cool stuff because it seems really positive and uh uplifting and it 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 just seems like a lot of fun like you seem like you're that kind of person like you enjoy things and I wanted to know like when did this kind of start for you yeah it's like that's a really interesting question I mean the origin story of you know you know it's almost like the origin of spirit or something you know like (laughs) I mean, I feel like, you know, ever since, you know, from, from when I was a young person, you know, I always was very curious about lots of different things and want to Mm -hmm. try different things. And um, I wasn't always good at everything I did, and I'm still not good at everything that I do. Um, But I think there's a a couple of things that come together. One is an innate curiosity about what's Mm -hmm. possible, combined with a real passion and um, um, enthusiasm for potential, right? And so... um, I just get really, really excited about ideas, um, certainly arguably to a fault, you know, where <laughs> I kind of jump into things sometimes before I've fully explored what's required to manifest them fully yeah, yeah. to the level and the way that I, you know, I dream of instantly, but, you know, there's a long road between an idea and, and manifesting it in a meaningful way. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's, it's sort of in my nature, I guess, if you will, you know, yeah, that's and it's interesting you say like um, how it's 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 kind of like that innate curiosity is something that you find in a lot of people that you kind of because I I know for me like I I try to do like a lot of different things and like you said like not all of them I do very well but I um, it's it's one of those things where you you find an interest and you go for it or you see some something that you're like oh I think I could like do something positive in that direction. And you want to do it. And it's kind of in uh, with a lot of people. They look at that as like stretching yourself. And not necessarily being able to touch everything in a meaningful way. Have you found that like the more that you do, the less like focus is put on each thing? Or do you feel like they all kind of help each other in a sense? Um, to a certain, I, I think the answer is probably both, but certainly, um, you know, the more things that you try and do, the less attention and focus you can give them. Sure, and, yeah. and then, you know, and things require attention and focus to work. And this has been a super hard lesson for me to learn <laughs> in my career, you know, um, and I would say that I've learned it the hard way, you know, by trying to do too many things and doing mm-hmm. things that didn't always work out the way I'd hoped, or doing things that weren't playing to my skill set right um yeah. just because you're excited about something and can do it right. doesn't mean necessarily that you always should and I, you know mm-hmm. and you know one of the things that's really interesting about this moment in history i think is that we have so much instant and easy access to information that it's like oh i want to learn how to play guitar i can get on youtube and take <laughs> guitar lessons right oh right. i want to learn how to code you know i can get on youtube and start coding my own website now i'm coding my own website so i can learn how to do other things you know and all of a sudden you kind of you can go down a rabbit hole right. of, of actually 
yes, you can find the answers and you can find the knowledge and the wisdom and teachers to, mm-hmm. to help you do anything, right. but you didn't do your 10,000 hours to use Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell's term, you know, or you <laughs> didn't, um, you know, and so you're never going to be doing them to the level of expertise or confidence or success as someone who has made that their unique passion or their unique ability. I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Dan Sullivan. He's a business coach. His company is called mm-hmm. Strategic Coach. And he talks a lot about um, developing your unique ability. And I feel like, you know, for most of my career, I've spent my time exploring and trying lots of different things. And I have found things I'm good at and things I'm great at and things I'm not good at and <laughs> not great at. But what I'm starting to do now, finally, is really kind of take things off my plate put some of that spotlight focus back onto the things that I know I can do to the top of my intelligence, to the top of my skill, and really bring that, those things to the world in a meaningful way and kind of see what happens. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's always a tough thing because uh, like, I know from my end, like I'm my day job teaching assistant and I've been a football coach, swimming coach. Now I do this and do a few other things. And, and it's always, like you always want to the more that you like kind of take onto your plate like just even like day to day as like even when you're not running several different businesses or jobs or anything like that it's it's that kind of idea of how do I be the best at each thing that I do and how do I make a good impact and it's um and it's tough when you get to a point where you feel like all those things are on a plate and then like you said you have to like scrape some of them off and you're like but I thought I could, I think, I think I can do still more in that one, you know, or I think I can still do more in that one. And it, it, it's that tough decision of like, what's, yeah. what's going to get me to a certain spot that I want to be at. Totally. Yeah. And it can be really heartbreaking. I think if you mm-hmm. spent time and energy to get something onto your plate, you're like, Hey, right. <laughs> I like this thing. I'm going to do this, you know, whether starting a podcast or you know, yeah. becoming a coach, like you said, any of the millions of things that interest right. anyone listening you know, if you decide that's something I'm going to do and dedicate time, energy and focus to, and then it becomes a thing, right? And then you realize, oh, no, I actually <laughs> don't have the resources, time, energy to right. take it to the level that I thought. Um, you know, for me, there's a, there was always a, uh, in the early days, certainly in my career, there was a, a level of naivete around mm-hmm. what it actually takes to take something from an idea and manifest it into a real thing. And then nurture and grow that mm-hmm. real thing. You know, it's real easy for imaginative, creative <laughs> people to go, oh, this yeah. is a cool idea. And I can see what it looks like in five years. Right. <laughs> or, or I can see what I think it will look like in a year, not realizing it's going to take five years to manifest right. when you're Right. Yeah, and especially hard. when you when you start, like, because for me, in the, like, I know, like, when you're starting out things, it's like, there is that cost to starting, you know, like, whether it's equipment, people, like, whatever it is or an event or uh supplies like whatever it is like that you're starting it's that cost and right in the beginning you're like oh this will this will pay for itself or this will get to that point and and then like you said you're thinking five years ahead and the day-to-day is almost uh like it's, it's like a totally different animal it's a totally different job than what the actual job is you know like trying to plan out that day-to-day or manage that day-to-day um, totally. it's, it's, yeah. it's an, it's an interesting thing trying to, uh, and it, it, it's one of those things that I've, I've like gotten to that point too. So I understand like, uh, like that kind of spread thin. 
Um, yeah, there's, a, there's like, you know, the, it's like um, in, a, in a bad investment, you know, the sunk cost theory. You know, like I put money in, it's the stock is tanking. Right. But if I take it out, then it can't go up. So I'll just right. leave it there and keep losing money versus going, okay, you know what? I've invested all this time and energy in this thing, but I can see now that it's not going to serve me or that I won't be able to do it <laughs> to a level of excellence that, it's a, that I wish it, I could. So I'm just going to pull out and write all that off, you know, and I'm yeah. in a stage now with one of my businesses where I'm looking at that going, uh. Yeah, it's and it's and it's tough to find that uh, that like wisdom, you know, like that foreseeable like notion, because in your heart, you're always like, oh, there's still a chance, you know, there's still like that, that belief, but it's hard to take that like heart out of it a little bit and be able to yeah. folk, like and just be like, like you said, rip off the bandaid. And also like the other thing, too, I think is, you know, is can that can that feel like failure right you know definitely sometimes you know if you spend a lot of time and energy on something and you come to that realization of okay i need to refocus and prioritize and right. put other things at the top of the list so that means that i'm either going to abandon this or i'm going to try and give it away or just ignore it or let it mm -hmm. fizzle out and die on its own but right. you know there's that sense of like okay have i failed at this you know and that can be that can be really powerful in a bad way because it make it you know people don't want to yeah. lose that investment that you talked about and you kind of right. oh, i'm just going to stay in this thing and keep being more frustrated and annoyed and you know, <laughs> tired and exhausted and yeah. not succeeding so yeah I, I and it and it and especially if like your mindset is it, i feel like for a lot of people in that in that moment the mindset can almost go the wrong way like you were like kind of saying it, it can be that start of like a second guessing of like ideas you know you fail that one thing where does mm. like you know what happens next oh i came up with another really good idea or another idea that i want to do should i even bother starting it because it might end up the same way so i think that uh it in mindset is is, is a lot of that uh, outlook on whether or not it's a true failure and i think looking at it like a failure is also that that kind of negative way that things can move forward yeah i mean i think if you're learning then it's not a failure right, right. if you yeah if you're and if you're learning and you can apply what you learn right to your next thing then it's definitely not a failure there's right. some quote i heard uh, about um uh, i might get the numbers transposed i'll do my best <laughs> to remember it's basically something like 90 percent of people who start a business for the first time fail mm -hmm. um but um 90% of people who start a business for the second time succeed, but only 10% of people try a second time, something like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get burned once. You're like, that's it. Do that again. <laughs> like I, I don't want right. to experience that pain or that, that, what, right. that, that potential sensation of failure, you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, a it's great a book called, oh, sorry. I was just saying there's a great book called the E-Myth. Yeah. Have you heard of that book or read that book? No, I have not. The E-Myth e is, um, it's, it's a book that's been around for a while. I, I can't remember the author's name, but it, it's a very popular business book. But one of the things it talks about that really struck me when I first read it was whatever it is that you're into or think you're great at, like, especially if you have a job, like if you've done the same job for a long time and you think you're great at that job, uh, it's really easy at some point in your career to be like, you know what? 
I'm smarter than my boss. I'm smarter than these people <laughs> I, these with, so I work with. I'm going right. to start my own company, right? And mm -hmm. I had a taste of this. So like my, my, my early career was in advertising as a creative. So I was a copywriter and then a creative director in advertising agencies. And, you know, I hit that point in my career where I was like, you know what, mm -hmm. I can start my own agency. And through a series of serendipitous events, I had the opportunity to do that. And um, the minute we started our own agency and got past the fun bit of like naming our business and rebranding <laughs> our business and building our website and doing all the cool stuff was like, oh, I don't know a lot about how to run <laughs> an agency because all I ever had to do as an employee was my one job, copywriter or creative director. Sure. I didn't have to be an account director. I didn't have to be new business. I didn't have to be right. strategy. I didn't have to be CEO, CFO, CMO, right? I didn't have all these hats <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't wearing that I didn't right. really understand and appreciate the value of until I had to wear them all, right? right. And that's what the e-myth is about. It talks about okay. how if you're gonna start an idea or start a business, you, one of the things that you can do to make sure that your plate doesn't feel so overloaded and crowded to the point you just want to scrape everything off it is yeah. plan out what are the roles and responsibilities that that business will need when it looks the way that you want to look in five years, 10 years, or when you want to exit. And then once you understand what all the hats are, you can then start extrapolating them as you grow and bringing new, more people into the business so that you eventually get that back to that place where you can focus on the thing that you are great at. Right. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really you know, if, if people can, if people clock that, you know, it kind of help alleviate some of the fear and anxiety around and the overwhelm of trying to do everything yourself when you're first starting out. Yeah. Cause that's, that's actually a really interesting thing. Cause I feel like it, it, that's super helpful <laughs> just like when, just in my head, when I'm thinking about things, um, because it is, it, it, it's really tough to picture exactly how everything will shake out in like a three to five year span. Um, yeah. And it, and it's definitely helpful when somebody like, I guess whoever, whoever wrote the email <laughs> is there to help like uh, with that kind of idea of making sure that you're thinking about the, the overarching picture rather than just like your, yeah. your, your picture of it. And um, cause especially with, I know with a lot of creative people, um, it's really easy to see it just as you want it to be. Um, and it's, and until like that first strike of reality, it's really, it's, it's like that, like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But this wasn't but, what I had planned. Yeah. <laughs> but so, excuse me, excuse me for one sec. I just got to get yeah. power. Hold on one sec. Yeah, no problem. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, anyway. Um so coming out of our, our little break here, we we can talk about uh um your new game that's coming out, Song Saga. Uh I watched your video, like your uh um pre like your presentation video that you had on YouTube or on your website. Um okay. and uh it sound it like to me it was it I'm a musician and I'm like a big music guy, you know? So uh, to me, I was like, oh, this would be a really cool thing to like bring to a, like a party of just like handful of friends you sent around. And um, after you, like after the years of just playing like 
cards against humanity and <laughs> like yeah. what do you meme and all that stuff and yeah. playing drinking games for the hundredth millionth time. Um yeah. like this is like a really cool refreshing like uh way to interact with people. Um and I thought it was really cool and I I was curious and just like kind of how that developed like initially for you. Like what was there like a spark or did it kind of develop from like a few different things? Like what was kind of going on? The origin story of Song Saga. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for checking out the video and getting into it. I appreciate your yeah. feedback. That you like the idea. Um, it is. So the um, the way we talk about Song Saga is, you know, it's the party game for adults that lets you take a musical trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. And um, part of it is using music as a powerful mnemonic device that sparks memory of moments and um um, uh, moments that, and uh, memories that have meaning to us. Yeah. And part of it is also just that um, the byproduct of the game is that intimate connection that comes from sharing yourself authentically with the people that you're playing with. And it's just so beautiful to watch people yeah. play this game together because um, in one of our very first playtesting groups with the very first prototype, I took it on a, uh, a boys' uh, weekend. Uh, it was like an annual ski trip that a bunch of us go on. Mm. And they all love Cards Against Humanity. I was the one that turned <laughs> them all into to Cards Against Humanity. And oh, so they were, every year, they're like, make sure you bring cards. Make sure you bring cards. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I will, I will. And so the night before or the day before we left to go on this ski trip, the first prototype uh, showed up. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Printers. And I, and, I was, and I brought it down, and I put it um, on the – table like in front of like the fireplace next yeah. to cards against humanity and i was gonna tell them all like hey check it out this is a game i made and then i was like actually i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna like <laughs> use this as a my first focus right. group and um and so you know I, the whole weekend i was just waiting for someone to like be like hey look, we should play cards you know or play yeah, this yeah, game yeah. and finally like on the second or third night one of the guys was like all right we're playing cards against humanity and another friend <laughs> of mine was like picks up the box you know and he's like hey what's this you know he's like oh this this looks cool. And he's reading the back, you know, he's like, you know, how the plays on the back of the box. And he's yeah. reading the back, like, hey, we should play this. And I was like, yes. You know, I was like, all right. Like, I don't care what happens. I've already won the weekend. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know the, the box copy worked. It made people want to play. What more can yeah. I ask for? You know? And, um, and then one of the guys was like, all right, all right, we'll play it for like an hour, but then we're going to play cards against humanity. Right. Yeah. And to make a long story short, we played it till like three in the morning. And, um, <laughs> You know, I'm texting the whole night with my wife going, you're not going to believe it. They love it. They're having so much fun. Yeah. But the connection thing, what sparked this memory for me was that around the connection. And this group of guys, um, some of them have known each other for 20 years. Most of them have known mm -hmm. each other for 20 years. And um, they were saying things like, dude, I've known you for 20 years, and I never knew this about you. How could I not know this about you? You know, like, And this was <laughs> happening all night long. Yeah. So people were like, the, I think one of the cool things about the game is it kind of organically surfaces those moments right and then and then gets you to a place where you can share them and everyone just gets kind of goes oh wow this yeah. is really really cool it's really special so anyway to answer your question about the origin story <laughs> um the it start I, I think um i mean the very going way back to the very beginning it started with um you know dance parties for two in the lounge room you know my wife and i yeah not, yeah yeah not wanting to leave the house, but <laughs> feeling like we got some dance in our pants. Yeah, and yeah. We sort of created this game using, you know, streaming music platforms where like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, like where yeah. we would kind of go, I'm going to play a song. If I, if you think it's awesome, then I get to play another song. <laughs> or if you think you can play a better next song. So it's sort of like a DJ game, right? Yeah, like who yeah, can yeah. play the next coolest song. 
And if you play a bad song, then I get my turn back, you know? And it was like, nice, it, yeah. it became this thing that had like a whole Google sheet of convoluted rules. <laughs> that only she and I would ever be able to like understand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparked for me the idea that there was a way to gamify um, music apps, right? You know, Steve Jobs, like 10 years ago, famously said, hey, we've got a thousand songs in our pocket now with the first yeah. iPod. Now we have all the songs, right? <laughs> 60 million songs are yeah, in your yeah, pocket yeah, yeah. on Spotify. And it was like, wow, why, why hasn't anyone gamified this? How could we do that? Yeah. So that was kind of percolating in the back of my brain and I hadn't figured out how to do it, yeah. like, but I knew that there was something in that. And then fast forward a little while and we were at a, uh, at a friend's house for a weekend and um, we were, you know, after dinner, having some wine, sitting around shooting the breeze and just chit chatting. And it just so happened that that weekend was the anniversary of my father-in-law's graduation or, or, you know, he died and it's the mm -hmm. anniversary of his death. We call it graduation. And so he, you know, he moved on and mm -hmm. it was the anniversary of that weekend. And my wife was like, Hey guys, if it's not too weird, would you mind if I played a song that reminds me of my dad? Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, go, go for it. Cool. Right. Yeah. So she played um, a Beatles song and she told this great story about how she bonded with her father over a shared love of music in his wood shop where he kept his records and his stereo because her mom didn't want them playing loud music in the house and driving <laughs> crazy. So they were dancing yeah. around in the sawdust, you know, like, and it's a sweet, <laughs> right. sweet memory. Yeah. And then another one of our friends was like, well, hey, um, you know what? I, I have a song that reminds me of my dad. And so they played that song. And um, and then we went to this weird place, or not weird, but uh, you right, know, really right. intimate place where she shared a story of growing up in a super religious household, almost cult-like, and feeling like she needed to escape her family as a teenager right. and running away and find herself. And she played um, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Our other friend was like, well, I have a song that reminds me of my dad. And he played like a kid's bath time song that was like, I love bath. Bath time's fun. WWW, yeah. everyone. You know, and then I did the same thing. And we were like, wow, that's really cool. And then we did it again on another topic. And we kind of spent the whole night doing that. And it was so fun and brought out so many great moments and memories that we, that we would never have otherwise shared with each other. Yeah. And I remember going home at the end of the weekend going, this is the, this is the nugget of the idea. Yeah. And um, and from there, like it went from that weekend to our first prototype. It took a month. Wow. Um, and then and then to get it into the real world in a meaningful way took a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how it started. Um, that's really that. interesting. That, that that's quick. <laughs> that's a quick, really quick turnaround for like an interest. Like, so. I wanted the first thing that came to my mind when I like was like when you were talking about it. Um, is the first memory that I can have of like my family's first vacation is directly related to Dancing Queen by ABBA. Oh yeah, great. So <laughs> it, it was when I was like super young, like five or six years old, maybe maybe even younger. I was probably four or five, maybe, whatever it yeah. was. And I can't even remember where we are on vacation, but I remember like walking across the sand and that whole vacation, my sisters, I have two older sisters, and the entire vacation, all they played was Dancing Queen by ABBA. Like that was like, right. And it drove so, me crazy. And it drove me crazy. Now, I mean, I love ABBA and I love like, I love ABBA and I'm, yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, but that like immediately when you, like when you were talking about it, um, that was like my first reaction because that song is so ingrained with me remembering yeah. that such a young age memory. 
And I was like, how cool would it be to like explore that with some of my friends that I've, like you said, people that I've known for 12, 15 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, how fun it would be to have like something real. Like it's not just us like goofing off. Like it's us yeah. like having fun, but like really having those like interesting moments where we truly get to know each other a little bit more. And uh, it, it just came to me as like such like a cool idea in that sense. And, uh, and I yeah, was thanks. really, yeah. And uh, so basically what I want to know is where can I get it? How much? And basically how many people can I play with? <laughs> <laughs> Great. These are awesome questions. So yeah, well, yeah, I love that experience. And just, uh, you know, I'll say that like, it, it there is it does drive that meaningful connection but it, there, it also there's plenty of room to goof around you know, right like, right right you know, like that same boys weekend i was telling you about we were you know dancing on the furniture like so <laughs> you know so it, you know yeah, i think yeah. uh, somewhere on our website it says uh singing dancing and air guitar optional right probable. <laughs> right like, like it can happen yeah, have yeah. To, you don't have to sing a lot of people a lot of people are like oh song talker do i have to sing i don't want to sing you don't have to sing but you might you be will. inspired to you <laughs> yeah. will yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, so Song Saga is, like I said, it took us a year to kind of get it to market. It's out there yeah. now. We got it out just before Christmas, which was nice. Um, we didn't really have a time to market it properly for Christmas, but at least people who were aware of it could get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest place to, uh, to buy it is on our website, obviously, song-saga.com. But it is also available on Amazon.com in the U.S., and um, it's also available on Amazon.com.au here in Australia. And we'll be adding, you know, more markets as we as you know, have time to put them onto my plate of things to do. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so song-stogger.com. And in fact, um, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I wanted to um, extend uh, an offer for you to give a game away to your listeners if you're open to that idea. Ooh, um, yeah. Um, and if, if that sounds good, then I set up a domain um, or a, a URL for your listeners. It's just song-stogger.com slash off-topic. Perfect. So if you yeah. go there, there's a little form you can fill in and you can maybe win win a game. Oh, that would be perfect. So it's yeah. song-saga.com. Yep, slash off topic. Off topic. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, hopefully somebody will get one. Yeah, that would be that would be great. <laughs> I'm still in the beginning, so yeah. whether the listeners participate is still still up in the air. That's Again, right. It's about intention. Right. <laughs> but and then it's yeah. um in the u.s it's uh 24.99 most places that you would buy it oh perfect um, yeah in australia it's 39.99 because you know the australian dollars not worth as much <laughs> um and we say it's for ages 13 and up um but, but i also like to tell people that uh song saga is the game that gets better with age um you know because the longer you live the more music you'll have heard and stories and experiences right. you'll have had to share um i hope so um yeah so and and there's no real limit to how many people can play like if you can play it with one friend that certainly happened um i sort of feel like i mean we played i think the biggest group that i've played it with is uh maybe 11 people yeah um and it you know kind of you know go it can sometimes veer off into the goofy yeah 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 at that that uh, level we've also played song saga at um, pubs is sort of like a live event and that's been really huh. fun too where audience members come up and share a song and a story and then kind of compete with each other to see who has the best set 
you know, song and oh, that's what we call a set. That's really um, interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff that we're working on with the game right now. Live events. We're considering the idea of doing a song saga podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really excited about trying to create a song saga web series or TV show where we kind of get people on to play and talk about yeah. their experiences and share their share the songs and stories that have meaning to them. That would be really cool. Cause I can just imagine that would be like a really cool opportunity to just like kind of relax and like, just talk, you know? Cause that's, I mean, that's a, that's, that's what I like about a lot of different podcasts is, is, uh, is that idea of just like talking, you know, it's not so much about like, what year did you do this? So what were the, you know what I mean? It's like having that conversation and what better way than to add some music in and some yeah. laughs, some memories, some good times, you know? Yeah. Um, but speaking Personally, of it helps, oh, oh, so go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, yeah. you move on is like, yeah. the, it helps you remember too, that you, you know, life wasn't always this boring, right? right. Like, you know, <laughs> you're like, you start, you're like, oh yeah, I've had an interesting life. I've done yeah. some cool things. I've had some experiences, you know, you kind of yeah. like forget because they just sit there, you know, in the back of your memory dormant until a song triggers them or one of the cards in the box triggers them. And, and yeah. I think that's, especially right now in this, these horrible COVID times that we're in, it's a really nice byproduct of the game for people to have that kind of realization like, okay, I've been cooped up in the house for a year, but right. I won't always be, and I wasn't always in the life. Yeah, I know. And it's, and oh, that was one thing that I, I thought about uh, a few weeks ago, I was watching a show and a movie or like whatever I was watching or, and I was just watching, like it was crowds of people in the movie or the show, whatever it was. And I was like, that seems so like, like not possible like and it's and it's like one of those things that it's not it's not like it's been that way for my whole life so it's like why am I looking at this show and going oh my god there's so many people there none of them are wearing masks like it's it's like that thought yeah. process yeah. it's like it's like stop stop yeah. stop that's not reality like yeah. but life life goes on you know like like it, everything will oh. be okay yeah <laughs> right yeah um <laughs> But so we were talking about podcasts. You do have your own podcast, um, and it's it's the one word suggestion suggestion podcast. Um, tell me a little bit about that because I'm like I read the description and I was like, huh, this sounds like it would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So uh, the one word suggestion podcast is sort of a um, it, well, basically it's a podcast that talks about how uh, improvisation as a skill set can be a powerful tool, not just for your personal life, but for your professional life as well, right? And it's, so um, one of the businesses that I set up here in Australia is a business called PowerProv. And PowerProv is a uh, corporate training business that helps people um, use the power of improvisation and to develop skills like learning how to yes and, um, actively listen, communicate and collaborate more efficiently and more effectively, innovate more efficiently and effectively, mm. and um, help instill what we call in, uh, in improv an ensemble mindset in their business, right? And an ensemble mindset is really simply described as having each other's backs, but it can go much deeper than that. So if you think about um, what it's like to walk into work every day, if you can walk into the office every day and trust, believe and accept and know in your heart that everyone in your in your team will support your ideas, actions, choices, and decisions, no matter what, 
and do everything they can to make you look good because they know if you look good, you all look good. Right. Uh, and to embrace opportunity, uh, failure as an opportunity to learn and grow and pivot and change. Um, these are all things that come out of having that improvisational mindset. And also, wouldn't that be a wonderful place to show up for work every day? Right. <laughs> and so, um, so we, as in our corporate training business at PowerFlop, that's what we do. And the One Word gotcha. Suggestion podcast w is um, – it's designed to be well, part of one of the things that makes it super unique is it's only three minutes long. Yeah. So they're really bite-sized nuggets of um, hopefully information that listeners can use and, and start to apply in their lives immediately without even having taken an improv class. And the origin of the name and the idea comes from if you've ever been to an – have you ever been to an improv show? No, but I, I know it's like, all right, everybody give me one word, one word. Correct. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's the classic. Every, you know, every improv show starts with the performers on stage asking the audience for a one-word suggestion. Yeah. The most common one is always dildo. And they have to yeah. accept that. Um, but, you know, and then they build a show off that. And so I was like, all right, well, what if I, what if I could do that um, as a, you know, as a, in a business podcast? Would that yeah. work? And so this is the, so the one-word suggestion podcast is a byproduct of that experiment. And um, I told myself that I would do an episode a week for a year. I think I've done 48 and then COVID hit and kind of threw my production schedule completely out of whack. So yeah, I think yeah. I've got about 10 more to do to kind of catch up. But it's been a really fun um, experience to do it. It's, um, it's done pretty well on some charts, but you never really know, do you? <laughs> the <laughs> podcast, who's <Right>. listening? <laughs> yeah, um, I know. That's why yeah. I, I try to just keep track of like, I don't even look on like Apple or Spotify what my numbers are because it's like as long as the numbers on my like analytics say certain things yeah I just keep track of that uh, cuz it, it it like you said it's it's what it all the numbers are kind of weird anyway it's the yeah. way that they measure them is weird like they all have different like times that they measure a listen by and like all that stuff yeah. especially I think like, but. you know, with a podcast like yours and, and a podcast like One Word Suggestion, you know, the content is more or less evergreen. So yeah. as long as it's discoverable, you know, it you never know when or why people are going to find it or how they're right. going to find it. You know, yeah. Then, what person gets them there? You know, like I could have you on and more people are going to listen just that yeah. episode and then never listen again or they listen, they like it. <laughs> I have this funny thing with one with one word <laughs> suggestion. The funny thing that happens to me a lot is people go, "Hey man, I I heard your podcast," and I was like, "Oh cool, which um, episode did you like?" And they're like, "Oh, I listened to them all, right? <laughs> three minutes, right. you know, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can listen to them all in a you know on a long walk." You know? <laughs> so I was like, "Man, that's a lot of my voice. I don't know how you did it, but yeah." yeah. Anyway, and yeah, no, that's and that's I mean, some of mine are I've got my shortest one is like forty minutes, and that was like fine and that was good but my longest one was like an hour and 35 an hour 40 minutes and uh when I was doing it I kept looking at the time I was like nobody's gonna listen to this it's so long but it ended up being one of the most listened to just because the person and that I was having conversation with was a really good conversation so it's always like that weird yeah like you never can you never yeah you never know yeah. it's so it's so strange um but going with the power prov so where did you start out like uh like in your like were you an improv person like when like years ago or do you still do improv or like where where did the improv come from <laughs> yeah so origin um, story again <laughs> origin story yeah so i mean basically what happened with me with um the way i discovered improv right and you know um, there's a lot of you know 
people that have opinions about improv and improv shows in particular. But w mm -hmm. for me, what happened was I was in, I was still living in Sydney, but I was, um, I had just gotten out of my, the agency that I was talking about earlier that I'd set mm -hmm. up and I just left that and I was exploring the idea of trying to um, work in um, entertainment a bit more. And um, <laughs> did your camera just go off? Yeah, it was, it just, something with my Bluetooth uh, messed it up and it just got confused right. for a second. I'll so start I over so you can, you, can, you can edit this, edit from here. Cut. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so the origin story <laughs> of um, how I discovered improv was basically um, when I had left my agency and was trying to figure out what was next, one of the things that I was exploring was um, entertainment, screenwriting, film and television development. And I'd spent a little bit of time doing that. And one of the things that came about while I was exploring that was I went to Los Angeles to write a screenplay for a director there. And um, so while I was, so I was in LA for three months mm -hmm. and I, um, I knew of improv, but uh, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. But I, <laughs> right. but I knew enough, I guess I knew enough about it to, to suspect that by taking a class, it would make me a better writer mm. and maybe help me get better at working with actors in my own directing work. And so, um, and I have always loved comedy and thought I was funny. And, you know, I'm that <laughs> person that my friends often think is funny. So I, I went into improv thinking like, I'm going to rule improv. I'm going to be, the <laughs> I'm going to be awesome at this. Right. And the very first thing you learn in an improv class is that improv is not about being funny. It's not about trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. Improv is about learning to be present in the moment and um, authentic and respond um, genuinely to what's being said and the offers that you get from the people around yeah. you. And, um, and if you try and be funny, you ruin it for everyone, right? And so I was that guy, every class <laughs> as an asshole. And I was the <laughs> asshole for my first two classes until yeah. I realized like, oh, this is not what I thought. Right. And now I need to just reset kind of beginner's mind, know nothing, show me what this is. And yeah. um, I never really aspired to be in front of camera or be a performer or get on stage and do shows. That wasn't what I loved about improv. What I fell in love with was those soft skills of learning to listen, eye contact, body language, um, learning to yes and, learning yeah. to um, communicate and collaborate and all the things I talked about when I was talking about power prof. So mm -hmm. for me, like that's, that was the juice. And I was, I feel like I discovered a key to um, improving how I interacted with my fellow humans, you know, and yeah. I wanted more of that, but my job writing the script came to an end and I went back to Sydney and in Sydney, Australia at the time, there weren't any improv schools teaching at the level that I had had when I was in LA. So I took gotcha. classes at, um, the second city, uh, you know, my teachers were people that you know and recognize from television. You know, they were real people doing the real work, you know, playing at the top of their game yeah. and trying to get, or trying to get to the, you know, maybe they were right. B-list, trying to get to A-list, you know, and that was like, okay, this is a real deal. And uh, I took classes at the Groundlings as well, same thing. I came back to Australia and it was like just a whole different level. It, so gotcha. I was like, ah, oh. so very selfishly, and again, with much naivete and optimism, <laughs> I decided to fly some teachers out that I had met um, from LA to Sydney to do a weekend workshop. I was like, yeah, this would be a great way. Maybe I can introduce some of my friends and peers to this art form and hopefully they'll mm -hmm. get some value out of it and I'll put on a weekend workshop. Yeah. So I spent a ton of time and energy, you know, getting that organized and, yeah. um, and 
uh, and so what happened is I had a, a teacher come out who did a weekend workshop in Sydney, a weekend workshop in Melbourne, and mm -hmm. then to help underwrite the cost of that, I had been frantically going around trying to sell a corporate training workshop because I had discovered the gadget gotcha. thing that you could do. <laughs> and I managed to sell one to um, Cisco, uh, the big telecommunications yeah, yeah. company. So, so Cisco booked our very first corporate training workshop, and that helped soften some of the financial damage of this endeavor. <laughs> and, um, and so, to, yeah, to make a long story very short, it was very fun, very successful, and very exhausting. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> way better use of my time and money just to fly back to LA and take more classes. But then something really, I call it horribly magical happened, <laughs> which was that on the last day of the last workshop, unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to them, two women were having a conversation about the experience they were having in the workshop. And I was right behind them. Mm. And they were talking about like, oh, like I've never had a, an experience like this before. I feel like I'm a completely different person. I have, I'm going to, can't wait to try these things out with my husband, with my family, you know, and I'm, and you know, they had wow. this completely transformative yeah. experience similar to the one I had my first <laughs> time in LA. And I was like, oh man, you know, like if I can bring this kind of experience to people in the world, isn't that a good thing? Isn't that worth putting more energy into? Yeah. And so, um, and so I kept going and, um, and then someone who had been to one of those first workshops came up to me and was like, hey, man, you know, I just moved here from New York and I used to teach improv. And if you ever want to do like a, a longer class, I'd love to teach. And, and That's so, cool. yeah. so we uh, to make a very long story short, we ended up <laughs> setting up a school and the school is called Laugh Masters Academy. And, wow, um, yeah. and so it was kind of the first long form Chicago style, uh, American <laughs> style improv comedy school in Australia. And off the back of wow. that, Powerpuff was born. Right. Wow. So I've spent most of my time on the PowerPuff side and other teachers and people kind of run the school. But um, yeah, but that's how I got into it. <laughs> it, is a, it is a great skill. And I think, you know, if any of your listeners take one thing away, um, improv isn't about trying to get on stage and be funny. Mm -hmm. It's just about um, developing those skills that are going to make you a better human and they will serve you for the rest of your life. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. And uh, I, I love watching improv like professional like the comedians that like they got brought up doing improv uh it's one of my favorite things because i love how quick like you get trained yeah. to be like how quick you have to be and uh i know of like one there's a netflix special uh middle ditch and middle ditch and schwartz yeah. and they're so funny and yeah. but the way that they create around them like this whole story yeah. and like trying to remember all the people that they're coexisting as like <laughs> it's, it's hard yeah. Yeah. they actually make a mistake and they just deal with it they you know, you know the episode i'm talking about you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they get a name wrong are you <laughs> yeah. sarah or diana yeah i don't know whatever it was whatever yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah those guys are great and i love that netflix gave them the opportunity yeah. to share improv with the world in that way like um there'll always be people who don't don't think that's real right right you know like real entertainment or real theater but sure, yeah but one of the hardest things to do is capture the energy and the um the quality of a performance of a good improv show on film there's been yeah. lots of people who have tried most famously i think ucb upright citizens brigade did it many many years ago with ascat which was sort of like okay. they were trying to make it a tv show it's ascat with like i think three or four s's they're gotcha. still, you can find them on YouTube. They're great to watch. Amy Poehler, you know, all the, you know, all those people are now. Gotcha. Stars. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. um, 
but it, it's just hard to get it. And I think middle <laughs> ditch and Schwartz would Netflix's help. You know, they managed to yeah. do it in a pretty, pretty, pretty effectively. Yeah. It was, uh, that was one of those things. Cause I, I watched like a few different improvs, like videos on YouTube and all that stuff. But then I watched that and I was belly laughing like the entire time, <laughs> just because yeah, to me, it's, it was just like impressive. Like, yeah. even if like some of the, like, it doesn't make sense, like narratively, none of it makes yeah. sense but the fact that they're able to like bring you through this and still keep you entertained and involved like it, it it's it's a cool i think they they do it really well yeah and it's then, pretty amazing yeah um and then uh, obviously like improv like in movies and stuff where you get your improv like oriented people on comedies and they get the they get the reins to say stuff during scenes and just yeah make. it's incredible yeah <laughs> you can't like you can't i uh i don't think you can work in in la as an actor without improv training anymore it's sort of like yeah. become mandatory and there's lots of examples of like um what uh what am i trying to think of oh i have to think of two so the first one is like bridesmaids everyone in bridesmaids is an improv right yeah what a, and a great it's a great film and it allows like you know the, they're all working from a script they all the story has a spine yeah. But if you have a improvise, good improvisers and a good director that gives them the freedom to explore and play, yeah. they find they find they heighten and keep heightening the joke right. until they get to the point where it's just absurdly ridiculous. Right. And another another great example of that is um, Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, uh, yeah. which is another great <laughs> film, right? Have you, have you seen yeah, that? yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's great, great film. And I got a hold of the screenplay for that, and I read it. I'm like, I was like, this isn't that funny. Like the, the premise is yeah. funny, right? But the script isn't that funny. Yeah. And then I can, but you can just see like someone going, yeah, but it's Steve Carroll and Will Ferrell and you know, right. like, it's, it's going to be awesome. Don't worry. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. watch the outtakes and you're like, yeah, it's, they're just, as long they're as you give the spine the through line, they can take it to the, to the, to the level. Yeah. And uh, the movie, the other guys was a similar one like that. Uh, and uh, cause one of the best bits of the whole movie is Michael Keaton as the um, like the police chief. And he keeps making references to TLC, the band. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that was something that Michael Keaton just came up with on the spot and right. they ran with it, but it became a whole bit through the whole thing. He did it in like the beginning of the shoot with one of the scenes and they just like ran with it for the whole movie. And it was, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's one of the best bits of the whole movie. <laughs> there you go. I'm quoting TLC. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Come on, chief. You're yeah. quoting TLC. I don't know what you're what? talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've always been very envious because I'm always I'm like that overthinker. So I could probably use some classes to like <laughs> try oh, to get it's more. It's great yeah. for that. Yeah. It yeah. gets you out of your head, right? Because yeah. if you're thinking, then you're not listening, right? And right. So if you're just present in the moment and actively listening and responding authentically to what's just been said. That's gold. That's where the gold com comes from. And right. like um, it, the the idea that um, you know a lot. Of, you know, we always teach people in classes like just say the thing that's that feels right. Don't yeah. edit. Right? We talk about <laughs> auditing and editing. Right? right. In terms of like behavioral science terms, like auditing is being present and aware and clocking everything that's happening around you and listening and you know being in the moment. Um, yeah. Editing is that voice in your head that's like, do I say that now? Do I say this? Is this funny? What if that's not funny? What if right. I say it and it's not and it'll laugh? If they don't laugh, then I'll look bad. If I look bad, do they look bad? Oh, I won't, I'll just sit here and keep my mouth shut. Right? If you can get rid of that voice, right, the id, ego, whatever you call it, if you can get rid of that voice in your head, 
and just be present and spit out the first thing, it's almost always the perfect thing, right? Yeah. And if for some reason it isn't, you're surrounded on stage or in, in the office or however, wherever the context is by people who will take that and make it work. And that's the greatest thing about the ensemble philosophy, which I talked about earlier, right? It, you know, no matter what happens, you trust, believe, know, and accept that the people around you will make you look good, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Powerful. It's a, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a big, uh, it's like a big trust fall when it comes to <laughs> totally. Yeah. Where you're, you said you're upstate New York. Where do you, where are you based? Where do you live? Um, right around Schenectady. Um, so it's, yeah. So it's, I, I, everybody, some people go, Oh yeah. Okay. And some people go, don't know where that is. It's like 40 minutes North of Albany, like right. And then right near like Saratoga. Um, but I know about Schenectady because I mean I lived in New York for a while, but but also okay. but also the way I first heard about Schenectady is a song, right? And I feel like it's a kid's song. Like, uh, is it the, hmm. you know that song, Hello Mata, Hello yeah. Mata, yeah, here I am from Camp Onada or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that isn't in the song that isn't the camp that he's talking about in Schenectady? Oh, I have am no I, idea. Am I making things up? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like uh, I'm too. I'm too far in to like know those like those those kind of bits. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Because you're like it's too inside baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting for me to like look up, huh? I just remember like yeah. thinking because it's it was just like such a funny sounding <laughs> and you know cool. It's a, it would be an Indian name, right? Native American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indian name. Yeah. Yeah, because it's up here. It's it. It's kind of like in Massachusetts where every other town is like a Native American yeah. name of some sort. And Schenectady, people like don't think of it that like, that way, but Schenectady is a Native American. It's derived from a Native American name. Um, so it could, yeah, it could be a hundred different things because we have like Sacandaga Lake, we have Oneida Lake, we have uh, like a hundred different lakes. But um, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there was something in it because schenectady is pretty big yeah there, there's a university there right yeah um union college right is so the big one improv scene there you never know yeah there could be i know there's i know there's a few uh comedy clubs in like saratoga there might be one in uh there might be one in schenectady but a lot of them have moved to saratoga because it's a little more uh <laughs> for a while schenectady wasn't the best place to be at night so <laughs> right. uh, so that's I think a lot of places moved out of there, but now it's it, the last couple of years it's been like getting a lot better. Um, so maybe more places will move back in because um, ever since GE kind of took a back seat because that GE was like Schenectady was GE the big um, employer, yeah, yeah, and uh, so it, it and it was a big deal when it was, but now the GE's kind of like like not the big man on campus and like anymore in terms of um what it means to like the american people because of how much they ship out um right. it's it, it kind of went downhill but 
I don't know if the song. I was just googling. I, I'm not sure if the song is the one I'm thinking of, but okay. <laughs> by, called by by a song. There's a song called Schenectady by a guy called John Bryan, and the lyrics okay. are: "There's a place I long to be, a certain town that's dear to me, home to Mohawks and GE. It's called Schenectady. <laughs> <laughs> I was born there, and I'll die there. My first home, I hope to buy there, have a kid, or at least try there." Sweet Schenectady. <laughs> when I'm married and when I'm dead, upstate worms will eat my head. For every person that you know, once you say goodbye and go, think you'll see them soon and then know you won't see them again. It's always <laughs> the last time that you'll see everyone. So it's always a never again. Schenectady. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I've butchered that lyric, but anyway, it exists. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> there, there's a song that will remind me of this podcast. There you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> for the oh, yeah. never again that you never again that you listen to it oh my god that's, right. that's such a weird i yeah i get like so there's a there's like a lot of inspiration that you can get out of schenectady because it's so historic mm-hmm. um like there's like a house in like the stockade area that all those buildings are probably anywhere between 150 and 300 years old um they just and renovated and stuff it's it's really nice like spot it really feels like colonial age um and there's a house there that like george washington stayed in when he was in schenectady for like a week or two so that's like our little bit of like (laughs) american history in that sense but uh it's really funny to me that somebody's like writing about it in such a heartfelt way (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was sarcastic yeah it could be (laughs) Yeah, he could just be like Schenectady, like yeah, oh, God. yeah. <laughs> but uh, before uh, before I let you go, um, just want to know if you could pick, let's say, if you could pick a song that you want somebody to listen to to get like your personality what would you i know that's like a loaded question (laughs) but if you could pick one song for people to be like oh that's your song oh wow okay this is this is a great question (laughs) in fact there's a card in the box right which is um um uh theme song of your life oh okay yeah yeah. pretty close to what you're asking me yeah Um, yeah yeah look uh uh, okay, in the spirit of improv and responding to in the moment, and uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is Africa Bambata, Planet Rock. Okay. Yeah, that's what I got for you. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, How I about love you? it. I'll throw it back at you. What, what about for you? Oh shit. Uh. Okay. I would say it's probably. I'm trying to think of the name. It just see this is what happens. It's just, the name is escaping me now. But for one that I can remember, um, what's the band? Maybe we can figure it out together or hum it or whatever. Oh, I'll go with I'll go with "In My Life" by the Beatles. Oh, classic. Because yeah. I just it's it's such it's like one of those songs that a lot of people pick as like their song to remember somebody. Um, right. But it's just such a kind of beautiful it's just such a beautifully written song in the sense that it's just all about like that um like you come across so many people in your life and like there's always that one person that like really brings it all together for you and makes 
everything gonna like seem like it's all one thing um so i i like i like that song a lot and it was actually the first song i've ever i ever performed as a musician like ever so it's it has wow. a lot of it has a yeah it has a little uh like a loaded loaded thing to me yeah i was in middle school for uh 60s day for middle school me and one of my friends performed it <laughs> that's so cool what, so yeah. what do you play what's your instrument um <laughs> i play i play i started on piano when i was like three or four uh for school growing up i did saxophone like tenor alto ba- uh, baritone um then i learned guitar and drums along the way got ukulele um i played banjo wow, a little man. bit yeah did you, do, did you do your own intro music for the po- for the off topic podcast yes but i'm embarrassed to say i didn't play any instruments on it. i just used the <laughs> i'm the oh, one man. I know. <laughs> well i don't have i don't have a lot of like true recording uh equipment here uh so that was kind of like it, it's using like a recording mic to record certain things just doesn't work um but i did have to like time it up put it in the right rhythm like all that stuff so i i did use some of my my music stuff, knowledge yeah. <laughs> but awesome. essentially it was just it was a bunch of loops that i broke up and put together <laughs> are you still performing or playing music or is that just is that a past life kind of thing uh no i will without covid i would i i it was pretty much weekly um oh, really? that i was like gigging and stuff yeah me and my uh one of my longtime friends uh we started out just playing in his basement in like high school and then um over the years we just couldn't find a few other people to like solidify a band and then we finally did it so in the last couple of years we've been playing around and uh finally got like names for ourselves in the capital region as like a good cover band which is which was a lot of fun but uh what's what's your band called uh up the river up the river okay. yeah awesome. Again, we have videos on youtube but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'll go watch those videos like, <laughs> you'd be like oh he said he played all these <laughs> but he's not playing them very well <laughs> <laughs> come on man anyone who's out there giving it going for it you know it gets my you know full full applause you know, you know applause, yeah. like well and like, like yeah and half the time it's like and it's so funny to me because i don't think i'm that great of a singer uh, by any stretch of the imagination i know i can like sing a tune but um it's it's and it's so funny because i'm like i said before i'm that overthinker so right. until the gig starts i'm like why is anybody watching this like this just is like like, oh, we're going to stink. My voice sounded awful earlier. Like, I couldn't even warm up and, like, all this stuff. And then as soon as I start, it's like, I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> but, yeah. And also, how many, like, famous musicians are bad singers? You know, like, yeah. is Bob Dylan a great singer? I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah, that's true. Great lyricists, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's, that's, what he got, uh, that's what he got recognized for. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's the way that that is, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But. Yeah, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It is I I had a lot of fun. Um so definitely go check out Song Saga. Um check out your podcast, uh the One Word Suggestion podcast. Do you uh, uh like when it's on uh like Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, is it abbreviated or is it the whole no, no, thing? No, uh, my my podcast. Yep. Yeah, and no, it's just One Word Suggestion. Okay. Uh, yeah, you'll find it. It's the only the only one. Uh, <laughs> That's I'll see. I'm calling it off topic, but 
<laughs> yeah, I saw there was like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. For the yeah for the listeners, uh, we had a we were laughing earlier because I, there's a hundred different podcasts called Off Topic. So if anybody has a a name that I can get off of this with something more interesting, go ahead. I'm not I'm not <laughs> as creative with names. <laughs> I say I say go for it, man. It's a fame building device for you and me. Oh, true. <laughs> so just call it Off Topic with Perry Ramsey. Perfect. <laughs> up the river you know yeah there we go yeah <laughs> it's just like it just keeps getting longer the name just keeps getting That's right. <laughs> special guests include yeah. there you go <laughs> who needs show notes just jam it all in the title right. <laughs> perfect well thank you cool. so much well, oh yeah, yeah go you, ahead Perry. it's been a yeah. pleasure chatting with you today and um, i really enjoyed um, our conversation so yeah thanks thanks again yeah no problem and uh is there so you have your website aaronthompson.com and that's where people can find everything yeah the best place to find out everything i'm into is is my website it's e-r-a-n and thompson is a dry thompson no p <laughs> um so yeah f- feel free to pop by or check out what i'm up to and um obviously if you any part of when we were talking about song saga sounds like fun to you check that out at song-saga.com and like we chatted about kind of in the middle of the podcast uh, if you want to try and win yourself a free game then go to song-saga.com slash off topic and you can enter to win there perfect well thank you so much again (laughs) all right cheers very nice chat with you mate yeah you too bye-bye